welcome to the weekly podcast for City Chapel at Slaughter Creek, the world's okayest church, right here in Austin. Get to know us better at citychapelchurch.com. We're so glad that you joined us today and hope you enjoy the message. Uh, Exodus 6. Um, we're talking about uh, the promises of God, specifically to the children uh, of, of Israel, to the Israelites, but also how those apply to us. So Exodus 6, verses um, 6 and 7, I believe. They'll have it up on the screen for you. Uh, it says, this is God's promise. He's speaking to Moses. God's people, the Israelites, are enslaved in Egypt. And God comes down to Moses and he says, therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord. And this is the first one. Can we say that together? I am the Lord and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians or the bondage of the Egyptians. And can we read the second promise? He says, I will free you from being slaves to them. We talked about that last week. And then he says, I will redeem you with an outstretched arm with mighty acts of judgment. These four I wills or these four promises of God are celebrated by the Jews every single time they take communion. They have four cups of wine. That's why we're calling this sermon series the four cups. And uh, this is one that we preached way back in the day. Our very first Easter, we preached the four cups sermon series. And then really the first like four years of our church, I I just kept doing it every single year because it was I think it was so helpful for us. And then we took a break and I'm coming back to it. We're getting back to our roots. And so um, we're looking at these four promises. The first promise is I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. That's God's promise of salvation. That if you are under bondage or if you are under the yoke of sin, God has a promise to save you from that or to bring you out from that. And that's a, that's a, that's a powerful promise. No matter where you are, no matter how deep you are in, God can bring you out today. When we believe, Scripture says that we simply have to have faith in Jesus. We put our faith in Jesus, and then he brings us out. But many of us have noticed that when we've been brought out, we still have some issues. Amen. So we still got some issues. Maybe not you, but people that you know. Um, we still got some issues, and that's why we need the second promise. I will free you from being slaves. So being has to do with your identity. It has to do with not where you are, but it has to do with who you are. So you can be taken out of Egypt and still identify as a slave, still think like a slave, still react like a slave. And God said, no, I want to free you from being slaves. I want to make you free people, not just, not just liberated but actually uh, free, as if it never happened, right? As a, a clean slate, as if it never happened. And that's what God wants to do. So that we call the cup of deliverance. Really, the Jews call it that, and I think it's a great name for it, because that is God's promise to deliver us. And that happens in a process. That doesn't always happen in a moment. That happens through, as we talked about last week, through uh, the groups that we identify with, the people we hang out with. And so that's why we're starting care groups here in February, uh, because we want you to have a place, a group of people who can, you can care for you, you can care for them. And what will happen is together, you will make your way through all kinds of obstacles like the Red Sea that I preached about last week. Together, we will get through all kinds of things and together we will see Pharaoh die behind us, right? And so that's, that's God's plan for us. And so some of you signed up for small groups and let's just, let's just do that real quick. Uh, I think we have a slide 
that, that can give you a text number for you to text that uh, small groups, which we're now calling care groups, are starting in February. And if you want to be on board with that, if you want to join a care group, you can text the word care to that number right there, and it puts you in a particular uh, subset within our text messaging, and we will know to reach out to you to give you a list of groups. I think there's only going to be a couple here at the at, 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 at here in February, and maybe we'll have more later on, but uh, we'll have one in Kyle. I think we'll have one up here near the church, and um, we're just encouraging the entire church. We'd love for the entire church to join us on this journey. Now, we're not studying any particular one thing. This isn't, uh, you're not going to get your doctorate or a degree. This isn't Bible college, right? This is simply care. And this is important because your brain doesn't just need to grow. Your life needs to grow. And your life will grow by the people you hang out with, the people that you rub shoulders with. They will influence you. And so be sure you're around good people who want to get closer to God, right? N none of us are perfect, but we all want to get closer to God. So, so join us uh, in February, but you can text the word care to that number. Thanks. That's awesome. So, so today, though, we're going to talk about the third promise of God, which he says, I will redeem you. Redeem means to buy back, uh, to put back to an original purpose. So way, way, way back, long, long ago, uh, in early January of this year, before the fast started. Doesn't it feel like, it feels like a long time ago, doesn't it? It's like when you change, mess up your schedule, and you're praying every single night with people, and you're, and you're fasting, and you're not eating stuff you normally, you don't have any coffee or espresso. It, it feels like time just goes so much slower. Maybe it's just me. Uh, days go by so much slower. But it feels like a long time ago, way back in the day, before we started our, our, our 21 days, um, you know, we, we, we kind of like to pig out feast before we fast. You know what I'm saying? And so um, anyway, so we went to the Cheesecake Factory on the Friday before we started the fast. Ro and I, we've always loved the Cheesecake Factory. We had our very first date there uh, in person. And um, we've had a lot of memories like uh, for our wedding. Our wedding cake was the cheesecake from Cheesecake Factory. We didn't bother with a fancy wedding cake because usually those don't taste very good. And we were like, we want something that tastes good. So we got a whole bunch of cheesecakes from the and we just handed out slices to people. Ro never got one because she was, you guessed it, too busy talking to everybody. I did have one because I was like, you all know me. I know you. I'm eating my cake. You know what I'm saying? I paid for this. This is good stuff. So anyway, the Cheesecake Factory goes way back for us. We love it. It's a time of celebration for us. And so we were like, yeah, Friday before the fast, let's go to Cheesecake Factory. So we went to the Cheesecake Factory, had that same cheesecake that we had at our wedding. It's the best. It's the Godiva chocolate one. If you go to the Cheesecake Factory, get that one. I've tried like almost literally almost every other one. That's the best one. So the Godiva chocolate is amazing. And we, we, just, we just had a good time. But the reason, the main reason why we went there is because like on that Friday, I was out in the shed at our house. I was out rummaging around through stuff. I, I, I was looking for something. And I came across a bag. It was like a HEB bag or a Walmart bag. And um, it was a whole bunch of stuff that used to be in my truck, like in this bag. I don't know, I don't know if any of you have this phenomenon happen in your house, but what, what happens in my house, this didn't happen when I was single, by the way. But for some reason, ever since I got married, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll have stuff in my truck 
you know, my truck, stuff is in my truck. It'll be there. I know where it is. I know where to find it. Somebody asked me, where is that? I'm like, oh, I know where that is. It's in my truck. Now I dig around, run around, I find it. There it is. Like, so anyway, but occasionally stuff just disappears from my truck. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if you, if that's ever happened to you. Uh, it's, it's because like, you know, somebody gets into my truck and says, wow, this is a mess in here. And they, they, they don't have a high enough level of organization that I have to understand how well organized it is because it looks unorganized to the typical person. But anyway, and so, so they get into your truck. And so Ro often, man, she'll, she'll just clean things. And I don't know why they end up in H-E-B bags. Like, have you noticed that? They're like grocery bags. I don't, do you guys have like little grocery bags around your house of stuff? We have no idea what's in it, but like, family or somebody was coming over that night and they just got put in a bag and they got put in the closet. Yeah, okay, cool. I'm not alone. All right. So I find a bag and this is gold, man. There's some good stuff in these bags. I mean, I wouldn't have put it in there. I would have put it in a place I knew where to find it. But anyway, she puts it in a safe place, which is in a bag and it ends up in the shed. And so I'm rummaging around. I'm like, oh, this is a bag for my truck. This is like years. I mean, literally years. So obviously I'm not hurting too bad. I'm not like, where's all my stuff go? I just kind of go through life. You know, after 16 years of marriage, it's like, I can't find it. I don't know where it is. I'm just gonna go on with my day and so anyway there's this bag so I'm rummaging through it and I found gift card, actually a little stack of gift cards that that I got like years ago probably from you all like for my birthday or like pastor appreciation or something there was like a few I was like oh man this is awesome so I find a cheesecake factory gift card out in the shed and I'm like oh yeah got favor and uh so I come out and I'm like, babe, let's go to Cheesecake Factory tonight. I got a good idea. And so we took, we took the Cheesecake Factory gift card. We sat down, we ate a good meal, and then we handed it to the, to, to the waiter and we redeemed. That's where it comes into the sermon. See, I got to talk about food for 15 minutes because it fits with the sermon. We redeemed the gift card. That's what it is to redeem. It is to use something, to put it back to its intended purpose, right? To take something and to redeem it means to use it properly. It means to use it. And, and so I'm sharing that with you all because basically I'm looking out on a whole bunch of Cheesecake Factory gift cards out here. A whole lot of people with a whole lot of value inside of them whole lot of purpose, whole lot of gifts that God's given to you, spiritual gifts, whole lot of brain power stuff that I don't have, have any clue how to do, like you know how to do, whole lot of things. And I'm looking at all these, 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 these Cheesecake Factory gift cards. And yet, man, the enemy has stuck a lot of you guys in the shed. You, <laughs> no offense, Ro, but the enemy... We'll, we'll talk about this when we get home. The enemy got in your truck. <laughs> the Lord's truck, actually. <laughs> got into the Lord's truck. And put you in the shed. No, man, and relationships have put you in the shed. Some of your parents put you in the shed. Some of the stuff you believed when you were young put you in the shed, right? And you've been sitting there collecting dust. And you didn't think you had any value because you weren't being used in the right way. You didn't realize the value that you had. 
And, and that's exactly what I'm looking at here. I'm looking at a lot of people who have a whole lot of potential, a whole lot of value, but oftentimes the enemy has taken and put us in places that where we couldn't use our gifts and use our value, develop what we are and what we have. And in fact, you know, we sat there and collected dust. And honestly, uh, 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 you know, bless your heart, whoever gave me the, the gift card, but it, it, like you actually, like you, you one day, you were walking through, I guess, Costco. Is that where they have uh, uh, Cheesecake Factory gift cards? Like, you know, like in the big thing at the end of the aisle. Like you were walking through one day and you're like, oh, it's Pastor Harry's birthday on April 2nd. <laughs> Just throwing it out there. Because it's, it's, I imagine that's what came to your mind. I have no idea how you knew that. I have no idea how you knew that. But April 2nd is his birthday and it was you were like man i need to get him something and so you took the like a really worthless gift card completely worthless it's just a piece of plastic and then you paid you put you invested money into it and then you gave it to me and then i took it and i said oh thank you that's so sweet of you and then the devil stole it told another story but the the devil like kept it away from us the, this, the devil is just robbing me and row of our and, and, and it went <laughs> And, and, and put it in the shed. And so, man, I'm looking at you guys and I'm like, man, just like that, God has invested so much in you. Christ has died for you. He's placed so much in you. Before you were even born, Christ died for you, which means before your parents ever uh, saw you and were like, what can I do with this card? Before anyone ever met you, God had already invested so much into you right? And, and then what happens is you don't know that. You don't know who invested anything in you, and you feel like you're a worthless piece of plastic, and so you sit on a shelf and collect dust, and yet God's promise is, I will redeem you. I will bring you back to your original purpose. I will show you your true value, and I believe that's what God wants to do for every one of us. He wants to show us what he put in us, he wants to show us why he paid such a high price for us. He wants to show us why the enemy is so scared of us. He wants to show us our value. And he wants to take us off the shelf. He wants to take us out of the shed. And he wants to get us in his hands where he can actually use us. So, because what happens is when you're in the wrong hands, when somebody doesn't understand or appreciate your value, this is why you don't give an iPhone to toddlers, right? Because they don't understand the value of it or the function of it. So because they don't understand the value and the function of it, they will use it just like to bash like a toy block. You know, they'll just start crashing into Legos with it. I've watched toddlers, everything's got to, well, toddler boys, everything's got to blow up and crash and make sounds, you know? And so your phone is going to blow up and crash and make sounds because they don't understand the use of it. And just like, just like giving an uh, iPhone to a toddler, man, giving your heart to people who don't understand your purpose, chasing after people's uh, approval who don't know who you are right? Even, I mean, even, even selling out, sometimes churches can, can, can do that. You can sell out to a church. They don't understand who you are, and you're so hungry for their approval, and they don't know how to use you properly. They don't know why God created you, because they didn't create you, right? They weren't there. 
we're just pastors. We just try to evaluate what your, what, your, what, your, what your role is and value is. We try to help you find it, but really it's just you and God at the end of the day. God has to reveal to you your true value. And, and only God can. Only God can reveal your true value. Uh, Colossians 1.16 says that it's in him, in Jesus, that all things were created heaven, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. So I guess what I'm saying is I want you to receive, I want you to understand your value, and then I want you to use your value. I want you to taste the sweet benefits, the sweet Godiva chocolate cheesecake benefits that God created you for. Because one of you guys invested 25 bucks, you bought it, you gave it to me, that was nice. It went and sat on a shelf and it was never utilized for a couple of years. And while it's sitting on the shelf, man, I wasn't receiving any of the benefits that you intended for me to receive. And even so, many of you have so much value to bring to the world, so much goodness to bring to the world, to your family, to your job, to your school, to those around you, to your church. You have so much good to bring, but it can only be through Jesus because we were all created for him. That has to do with purpose. So you never find your purpose outside of him because nobody else really knows your purpose. My dad, uh, growing up, my dad worked for a company that worked for Ford uh, up in Detroit. And dad's job, uh, he was an architect, I think. I don't know. I forget what his exact title was. But he, he would draw stuff. And uh, it was interesting. Dad didn't have any training for this at all. God just supernaturally helped him get this job. And it was a great job. It provided for our family as a good thing. But dad, dad enjoyed it because it was creative. It was a creative job. Basically, Ford would come to this company and say, look, we're making this, this new car, and we need a part that does this and fits here. Um, can you draw that so that then we can send it to the manufacturer, and the manufacturer can manufacture it? And so my dad, with a couple other artist, I guess, would get in a room, they would get the, the dimensions that they need, it needs to fit here, it needs to have bolts that do this, and yada, 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 and then they would draw it, and get measurements for it and everything, then they would send the drawing, later on it was through AutoCAD, and, and uh, then they'd send the drawing over to a manufacturing company, that manufacturing company would make the drawing a reality, then they would ship it back to Ford, and then Ford would start screwing it onto their vehicles, or plugging it in, or whatever the part did. And I feel like that's exactly the way that our lives work, that before you were even born, God sat down and said, I need somebody who can do this and fit here. Because, because, because uh, going on to the next verse, Ephesians 2.10, I'll show you. It says, for we are God's handiwork, like he is the manufacturer who created us. We are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which it says God prepared in advance for us. So, so, so the order is initially God created something for you to do and then he created you. He didn't, you didn't just show up as a gift card and it's like, oh, I've never heard of Cheesecake Factory. I don't know what that's all about. You, you, you weren't just born and then God said, okay, now I need to find something for them to do. No, he already invested in you before you were born. He knew what he needed from you. 
He knew why he needed to create you. And so he got together, Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, architects. They drew out the plans. And within Christ, you were created, right? The manufacturing company put it out on the, on the assembly line. And then your parents got it. And they're like, huh, where does that go? And sometimes they were like, oh, yeah, that'll fit right here. That's great. And sometimes they were like, that must be a spare part. I will talk to toss that in the trunk. Like sometimes they were just, sometimes they were frustrated because they liked the old part of the old car and they weren't sure how, and, and they had wounds and issues. And so, and, so, and, and so we go through our life like, hey, do you know what to do with me? Do you know what to do with me? Do you know what to do with me? Yeah. Only Christ does because Christ manufactured you. And he didn't manufacture you just so that he'd have a whole bunch of spare Lego parts and then he'd figure out what to do later. No, he manufactured you because he knew exactly the set that you belonged in. And that set will be incomplete as long as you're not in it. It'll be missing what God intended all along. And so beforehand, God, God intended some purpose for us. Uh, I like Ephesians 1, 11 and, uh, and 12. This is the message paraphrase, but it says that it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us. Even when we were living in sin, he had his eye on us and had designs on us, plans, purpose for glorious living, part of the overall purpose he's working out in everything and in every one, he's, he's fulfilling his purpose in us. And so I guess, I guess my, my, the short version of my message is that, is that, is that, you, is that God, you, you have value, and only God can bring that value out. Only God can show you what that value is. And that value is connected to what he's placed inside of you. He's put spiritual gifts inside of you. He's put capabilities and abilities inside of you. And so I want to look quickly at Exodus 6, where it, where it says how God's going to bring that out. How is he going to bring out what he's placed inside? How is he going to show us our value and show the world our value? Well, he says two things. He says, one, with an outstretched arm, and two, with mighty acts of judgment. And maybe I'll do that backward, because mighty acts of judgment first sounds weird. And it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't know that I want to, I don't know, don't know if I want to walk into a room where God's promising me mighty acts of judgment. Well, the mighty acts of judgment here in Exodus is against Egypt. God rains down 10 plagues, 10 mighty acts of judgment on the enemies of Israel. And that is the mighty acts of judgment that God promises to fight your enemies that are keeping you in the shed, that are keeping you on the shelf, that are keeping you from your purpose. God's promise is, he says, I will, I, will, I will redeem you, and the way I will do it is with mighty acts of judgment. I will judge those people, those uh, demonic spirits, those oppressive spirits that have been keeping you held captive. And so we've kind of been talking about that a little bit in terms of the cup of deliverance, God's promise for deliverance. But God's promise for deliverance isn't just about deliverance from uh, bad habits or issues that we're facing. It's also deliverance from, from not reaching our purpose. It's a deliverance from distraction. It's a deliverance from a wasted life. It's a deliverance from looking back after 40, 
five years, right? And, and you look back and you're like, man, I don't even know what I've done with my life. I don't even know who I am or why I'm here. And that's what, I don't know about you, I don't want to end up there. I don't want to be 70-something looking at retirement thinking, okay, so I, I made a living, but, but what about my life? Was my life, did my life count? Uh, it's one, one preacher said that the best, uh, the most important day in your life is the day you're born. The second most important is the day you figure out why you were born. And you'll never figure out why without Jesus. In fact, if you go through life without your why, you'll constantly be searching for that why in all kinds of people and all kinds of substances and all kinds of things. And so God says, with mighty acts of judgment, I will judge those who have lied to you about your why. I will judge those who have tried to manipulate you for their own purposes, for their own benefit, to keep you enslaved, to keep you from knowing your why. And I believe God wants us to know our why. So he says, I'll judge you. And by the way, some, you see this throughout scripture, actually. You can, you can look down through the, the Bible, down through history, and you see God in, 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 here in Exodus, he's judging Pharaoh right, from keeping them from their purpose. Then a little later on in the book of Joshua, they, they, they decide to cross into the promised land and there's Jericho that's gonna try to keep them from their purpose. And so God judges Jericho. Uh, God judges the entire Canaanites who live in the land of Canaan because those Canaanites are keeping God's people from dwelling in the land that God had promised them. And right on down, I mean, uh, uh, we preached through Habakkuk a while back and there was a big storm and the storm was God. That judgment was God coming against the, the enemies of God's people who were keeping them from their purpose. And then Jesus shows up, right? And Jesus judges their enemies. I mean, even, even when Jesus walks into the temple, you know, he starts turning over tables, mighty acts of judgment. And he says, he says, he says my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. What is that purpose? This house is supposed to be this, but you're using it for this. And so mighty acts of judgment, right? He makes a whip and starts smacking people with it, turning over tables, pushing people out of the temple because God is constantly bringing judgment against those things that would, that would twist our purpose. And sometimes, by the way, sometimes that thing is, is you. <laughs> sometimes I am my, uh, you've ever heard the saying, he was his own worst enemy? Yeah. Sometimes, man, and that's why, that's why sometimes that judgment comes against us. But even then, that conviction is not meant to destroy us. It's meant to get rid of the things that are blocking our purpose. And that's what he wants to do. He wants to come against the things that would come against us. And he promises to do that. And so he says, I will redeem you with mighty acts of judgment. But then he says, I'll redeem you with an outstretched arm. And that's interesting as I was reading that uh, and just praying over it again this week. That, that idea of God's outstretched arm, it means that he's reaching, he's reaching low. And I, and I thought that as soon as, like, as soon as I start sharing this with you, uh, because you're church people, because you've been to church more than once, you probably think of God's outstretched arm as something that, that is used for salvation. Right? We, we use the terms like people who are far from God like some of us are his next door neighbors. <laughs> but, you know, we're like, oh yeah, the, my cousin, he's far from God. He needs an outraged arm of God to stoop down low. And it is true, even in our own experience, we've found that no matter how low we've gotten, 
that God's hand is not too short that it cannot reach and cannot save, that no matter how far we are, he can reach down into the dust, right, and find us. And that's what we mean by the outstretched arm of God. And so typically we think of the outstretched arm of God as something that needs to be applied to those who are far from him. And I'm like, yeah, but the cup of redemption, I mean, these are people who, who have who have been saved. These are people who uh, are being delivered. These are people who I would suggest are kind of close to God. Why does God need to reach out his arm so far to just, just help us find our purpose? And that's when I realized, I thought, well, what, what, what's all the stuff God has to reach past to get to me? Well, for starters, for God to use me as a preacher, he had to reach past a whole lot of other better preachers. <laughs> for God to, to use me as a church planter, he had to reach past a whole lot of other way better, smarter church planters like, and, and pastors. And so he had to kind of bypass better options, some of which live right in the same city. And, and, it's, and, it, and it's interesting, so, so as, 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 but even let's say, let's say that we maybe at this church, maybe we had the single most qualified person in the world. Let's say we had the, the best singer in the world, like better than Darlene Check. Some of you might remember her. Uh, but it, let's, just, let's, let's, just, let's just imagine we have like the best, like the most qualified worship leader in the world here at City Chapel. Like, who knows? That could be true. That would be awesome. Sweet. Okay. You have the most qualified human, but God has to reach past a whole legion of angels to pick you. You're the most holy, most qualified, most gifted human on the planet. He has to go through legions of angels, all of whom, the worst of whom could do better than you or me like without hardly even trying. These are beings that are way more powerful, way more brilliant, way older. I mean, these are older than the elves. You know what I'm saying in uh, J.R. Tolkien's. Anyway, like these are really old. These guys have been around since the dawning of creation. Folks have seen a few things. They know how to do a couple of things. They understand the workings of the enemy. They've never given in to him even once. And so really, when God picks any human, the best of us, he's reaching past legions of far more capable angelic beings to choose us. I'm like, okay, well, that's pretty far. I mean, it's actually really far. We don't know how many angels there are out there. And he's like, in all of them, he's, he's, he's bypassing. But the greatest reach that God does is he has to reach past himself. He has to reach past his own capabilities. Like he has to bypass himself to use us. So, and, 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 and God can do anything. In fact, God can do everything all at once without expending any energy, without working, without working up a sweat, without anything. Like, so, like, it's so easy for him. Like, if I were to say, uh, can you think of pizza? <laughs> I don't know, food's on my mind right now. But if I were to say, think of pizza, like, you, you had a little thought of a pizza. Now, how easy was it for you to think about pizza? It is easier for God to do everything than it was for you to think about pizza. Because for you to think about pizza requires certain synapses to fire in your brain, and you got to pull from a particular memory bank. I think it's up here, kind of the frontal lobe. And, and you're, you're, stuff's happening. But when God chooses to create, say, I don't know, the world, he says, let there be light. 
right? So it's literally, it's easier for God to solve all of the world's problems, preach all of the world's sermons, heal all of the world's sick, deliver all of the world's possessed, save and sanctify all of the world's, uh, do, do all the promises in, in a blink of an eye than it is for you to think about pizza. And for a God for whom it is so simple, so easy, so effortless to solve everything, for him to bypass himself and say, let me use you. <laughs> it's a really long stretch. Like, and this, is, and this is where I think as church people, we need to start thinking more like God and less like church people. Because as church people, we think, we think there are people who are far from God and then we, they, there are us who are close to him. And it's true, we are closer than others, I suppose. But it's like closer like by an inch. You know what I'm saying? Like God has literally traveled, I don't know, a thousand miles. And, and really technically further because you can't quantify his own capabilities. So there's an eternal span. But let's just say, a thousand, let's say from here to Michigan, 1,300 miles. He's traveled from here to Michigan and then, you know, to use the best of us, the very most capable, most holy, most dedicated, most gifted. He's traveled a 1,300 miles to use the best of us. And then there's an inch separating the best of us from the worst of us. And those of us who have traversed that inch say, well, I don't know that God can use them because, you know, they're, 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 whoa, they're way back there, man. It's a whole inch. I mean, you know, we're talking like, whew, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's silly, which is why God says, I have to, with an outstretched arm, redeem the worst and the best of you. Which is why in God's book, it's kind of like all the same. In God's book, even though, yeah, he wants us to get closer to him and there's wonderful benefits for us, but for him, it's an outstretched arm, man. It's a really long way. And so be careful as you judge church people because church people are just people who are in church, who are one inch closer to God than everybody else. And God has to re reach, God has to stoop to use any of us. God has to really do things that I wouldn't do. If I were him, I'd just solve it myself. Best case scenario, second best, ask Gabriel to do it. It's just, he seems to do a lot of things in the Bible. He's pretty good at it. Bro, uh, could you just, yeah, could you, that, that'd be great. It, like, but honestly, it takes more work for him to say, could you just do that than for him to do it himself? And so it's only that God desires cooperation with us. It's only this beautiful passage here that it's in Christ that God has pre-planned things for us to do. Not so that he doesn't have to do it, but so that we can participate with him. I mean, this is what he does. He creates everything, and then he creates Adam, and he says, Adam, I want you to look after everything. Right, like he couldn't look after everything after having created everything. <laughs> like he was short on help. Guy just made everything. So obviously he's stooping really low to be like, hey, could you just, 
Could you, could you do this? And he's not asking him because he, because God needs it. He's asking because it brings enrichment to Adam because it redeems him. It gives him purpose. That God didn't just make him to be a, a, a toy, you know, a model car that you put on your shelf and just look at and, oh, isn't that cute? Man, that's awesome. No, it's a useful tool. Ecclesiastes, that's all what all of Ecclesiastes is about. It's about how useful our life can be and how beneficial and fulfilling it is when we are useful. And we see that in God's nature that he welcomes us in. He calls us in and, and he plans great things for us to do for us to be redeemed, not for him. And so it's an outstretched arm. He reaches really low to use the very best of us. And then he reaches an inch lower to bring up the worst of us. But for him, man, he's, he's reaching. And, I'm, and I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that he has reached really low to put gifts inside of me, to even desire to use me, to bring me through several years of processes and refinement in order to develop those gifts and then give me a place to use those gifts. And so at City Chapel, that's what we want. We want people who are uh, discovering and developing and using their gifts that they have inside of them. And I believe that's what God wants for you. God wants to redeem you. He wants to show you your value. And so let's just go to him in prayer right now. And if you're, if you're desiring, if, I, feel like, I feel like the question is, do you want to be redeemed? I feel like the question is, do you want to get out of the shed? Do you want to find out why God made you? Do you want to be used by him to bless the world, to help somebody else, to help his church, to, to do something for him? Do you want those works? That's what the scripture says, created in Christ Jesus for good works that he planned beforehand. Do you want that? And some of us are still like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> well, let me tell you there's nothing more fulfilling than, than doing the works that you were created to do. I know we've had folks here in the church and they're afraid to even say yes to God because they feel like God's going to make them go to Africa as missionaries <laughs> or something that just freaks them out. Look, God will never take a cheesecake factory gift card and use it to hammer a, a nail into a board, Right? He knows he's the one who made you and he knows what your purpose is. So therefore, whatever your purpose is will fit with the gifts that he's put inside of you. You might not even know what those gifts are yet, but they will fit. They will fit and they will fulfill you. And so even right now, Father, we come before you and I feel like the Holy Spirit is just asking that question. Do you want to be used? Do you want to step into the works that you were made for? And that's a question each one of us has to answer on our own before him. Do you want to discover why God made you? Do you want to step into that? And maybe, maybe you've stepped into it somewhat. Maybe you have a pretty good idea of what those gifts are. Do you want to step into the use of those gifts? Do you want to start using those things? Man, so if that's your desire, would you just raise just both hands in an act of surrender to God and say, Father, use me. I want to be used by you. I want to step into the works that you have for me.
you've placed wonderful things inside of me, awesome things inside of me. Your word says that. Psalm says, I'm, I'm, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm intentionally and wonderfully made. And my soul knows this. My heart knows this. It testifies to truth. So, Father, I'm bringing these things to you. I don't even know what all they are, but I'm bringing them to you, and I want you to use them. I want to step into the works that you have for me. And that's our answer to you this morning is yes, Lord. Yes, in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Well, I believe that God will. I believe God will start showing up uh, in your life, showing little ways that you can be used. Um, a couple of things that we want to help with as a church is we want to have a, a process, a path for you to discover your spiritual gifts and to use them and to have them developed. We're even talking about this on Friday night, ways that we can better that process. But uh, right now, the process we have is that we have um, a spiritual gift assessment um, uh, it's not a test, it's a survey that you take. And, and it's pretty cool because you also, other people take the survey too. So you take the survey and then you send it to three or four friends or relatives or people who are close to you and they take the survey. And I really like that because we have a certain perception about ourselves. Um, but uh, newsflash, that's not always accurate. <laughs> and in fact, sometimes your spouse can see you more clearly or your mom or people that are around you every day, they see stuff in you that you don't necessarily see in yourself. And so it's kind of cool uh, to hear from other perspectives as they take, it's a, it's a different type of survey, but it's similar in that it's just trying to hash out uh, what are the spiritual gifts that God's placed inside. I mean, it's not 100% foolproof, right? You always have to take it with a grain of salt, but it gives you some, some, I think, some pretty good ideas and some thoughts about what the spiritual gifts are that God's placed inside of you. And so we do, um, we do that gift assessment test on, uh, through our Wednesday night City Chapel University. And um, I, it's, it's going to be quite a ways away. I think it's week 14, which is in March sometime. But I really want to move it forward. So I think, I think we're just going to do that on the first Wednesday in, 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 in February, the next month. So um, I'll announce that. And those of you that raise your hands, uh, I'd encourage you to start there. And um, even if you've done it before and you're interested in kind of doing it again, feel free to come and let's start there. Um, also, uh, we're going to have a web page with a list of ways that you can serve, just opportunities to serve. And so I'll be sharing that this week. If you already know your spiritual gifts and you just need to start using them. Um, so anyway, so we want to help you and f formulate a bit of a process whereby you can discover your spiritual gifts, start using them, start getting to work. And uh, yeah, let God develop those gifts inside of you. And it also changes with the seasons of your life. Um, sometimes, you know, Ro was talking about homeschooling, and that's a seasonal thing. She's not going to be homeschooling forever because we're done having kids. There's no more children in the Fleming household. Um, and so those kids are growing, thank God. They're learning, thank God. They will leave, thank God. And uh, they will go on to higher learning and education. And, uh, uh, and uh, no, I mean, we'll, we'll miss them too, but... Uh, you know, we'll think about them often and remember the good old days and uh, celebrate the, just the time to ourselves. 
Um, but anyway, uh, if you uh, want any prayer, you can come forward at the end. We're, we're going to close out service, but prayer team will be here to pray with you. Thank you so much for joining us on this beautiful Sunday. Uh, be blessed. Join us for prayer throughout this week if you like. You're dismissed. You may move about the tabernacle.